0: Welcome to the Global Medical Device Podcast, where today's brightest minds in the medical device industry go to get their most useful and actionable insider knowledge, direct from some of the world's leading medical device experts and companies.
1: I had an opportunity to catch up with President and CEO of InControl Medical, Herschel, Buzz Petticord. Today it was a great conversation for a couple of reasons. First and foremost, uh, anytime I get a chance to chat with somebody who's been in the medical device industry for 40 years and had several successful uh, ventures and, and serial entrepreneurship along the way, um, I, I always find that fascinating. But I think the thing that sticks out the most to me is is very clear that Buzz is 100% focused on developing products that address and improve quality of life that truly make a difference and you know he focused and emphasized on that the importance of quality so i hope you enjoy this episode of the global medical device podcast and uh, thank you so much for continuing to, to be fans and listening to the global medical device podcast Hello, and welcome to the Global Medical Device Podcast. This is your host and founder at Greenlight Guru, John Spear. And joining me today is Herschel Petticord. Herschel is, I think, the founder and CEO of InControl Medical. So, Herschel, welcome.
0: Thank you very much. I'm happy to be here, John. So.
1: Herschel, a good, great place to start is, tell us a little bit about who you are and I guess the the origins of InControl Medical and, and things of that nature, and then we'll dive into some details and uh, talk more about your journey. But first and foremost, who is Herschel Petticord?
0: Oh, he's a character, I'm telling you. Um, I wouldn't loan him any money. <laughs> no, I uh, I've been in the medical device business for about 40 years, 40 years. Um, my last company was a telemedicine company called HomeMed and uh, sold that to Honeywell. And then I retired, did what you're supposed to do, went and bought the condo on the beach in Florida. Uh, then I went to visit my mom and dad, who were both professors in the University of Mississippi And my mother said, Well, if you're so damn smart, why don't you come up with something that'll stop me from having to give up, get up five or six times in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom? Uh, My first thought was too much information, Mom. But uh, I went down in the basement and looked up female urinary incontinence. And it is an absolutely huge market. More than 60 million women deal with urinary incontinence and another. 17 million deal with fecal incontinence, which is a whole different level. So I started looking at um, what was available for treatment. And mostly it was medications that don't work or surgery that I think surgery dropped a lot after 108,000 liability lawsuits against uh, sling manufacturers. Yeah. And there was not anything really designed to treat. There there are two basic types of incontinence. One is stress urinary incontinence, which is weak pelvic floor muscles caused usually after childbirth or high-impact exercise. Uh Uh, The other is called urge incontinence. You've probably heard of overactive bladder. Well, the bladder is not really overactive. It's just a vessel that collects urine. But there's a muscle that sits on top of that bladder called the detrusor muscle. And somewhere around the time of menopause or premenopause, it loses its communication with the brain and it starts squeezing whenever it wants to. So imagine you're going 70 miles an hour down the interstate and your detrusor muscle says, hey, it's time to go to the bathroom. Well, that's a problem. Yeah. And it's not just a dribble or two like stress urinary incontinence. It empties the bladder. Wow. Essentially, when you boil it down, incontinence in 90% of the cases is a muscle issue. Either weak pelvic floor muscles or an overactive detrusor muscle. But there was nothing out there that really treated both. Uh, You had uh, some devices that were designed for urge, some that were designed for stress, But nobody addressed both issues in one device. So I spent a couple of years talking to doctors, scientists, physical therapists, engineers, and told them what I wanted. Some told me it wasn't possible, but we did it anyway. And we developed a device that uses electrical muscle stimulation. uh, And there's a neuro component to it. We also used the uh, pudendal nerve to get to the detrusor muscle. And it's a transvaginal device because that's where the muscles are. Right. We send out two different signals, one to the pelvic floor muscles to strengthen them and another signal to the trusser muscle to calm it down. It's been refined several times, improved. Uh, We have our own specific algorithms that we designed to address these issues. And we have about a 93% success rate it's stopping urinary incontinence. Wow, that's amazing.
1: And and here you thought you were going to go to the to the beach to retire, and you know you, you speak to a loved one, and and she says, Herschel, uh, there's a need out there." Uh, and and I guess you know, obviously, helping uh, those that we love is is a, a great motivator. But uh, to start a whole new company again, I mean that that had to be a really interesting journey to to start it all over again.
0: Well, yeah, you know you could, John. You can only play so much golf. <laughs> and I, I am not very good at golf. I can hit the ball. Don't ask me where it's going to go. Yeah, and hit it. Uh, you didn't see me in the Ryder Cup over the weekend. <laughs> so um, no, and I I guess I'm. A, sucker for stress or addicted to stress. I don't know. Yeah. I got together with the guys that made money out of home on home ed and said, I want to do another company. And they said, how much you need? And so we started in control medical. Wow. And
1: that was what? 11 years ago. If I, if I remember, I
0: think it's 10 years 10 years
1: ago. Okay. Very cool. And you know, you, you talked about and I, I think the first product that you developed, I think it was called Intone. and I think you mentioned before we started Correct. today that it, that product is no longer on the market. But when you were developing the Intone device, you mentioned that there was nothing on the market that combined both of these these needs. Right. How challenging was it to to not only design and develop, but get through all the, the regulatory obstacles and, and hurdles and things of that nature?
0: Well, fortunately, it's something I've done a few times before for other companies. But yeah, anytime you develop a product, you have to test it, of course. Uh, We did a lot of testing in-house. Some humorous stories someday. We'll have a beer and I'll fill you in on those. At any rate, we did our clinical trials, proved that it worked, um, then submitted to the FDA uh, it uh, was a 510K device. We basically used uh, e-STEM devices as the predicate, though are to be honest, not close to each other, but it worked. So anyway, and the Intone product required the, the use of a physician, and it was done that way intentionally. So that the patient would go into the physician's office. He would set the stimulation algorithms for the patient, then they'd go home, they'd come back two weeks later, he'd test how things going, make any adjustment necessary. And it was really designed to be sold through physician offices. But right after um, Obamacare or the Affordable Care Act came into effect, uh, insurance reimbursement dropped from essentially retail price to about a quarter of that. Wow. And that made it, and then, of course, everybody's deductibles went up. So that business model of selling through physicians um, no longer worked. It was not economically feasible for us or the physician or the patient. Uh, So we basically took 18, 24 months off, not off. We redesigned the whole product line Right. back to the FDA and got uh, clearance for over-the-counter. We still have physicians that recommend the product. Don't get me wrong. Right. A patient can now order uh, from our website as well. And when you look at the market, 70 percent of women never tell their physician they have the problem because they're embarrassed about it. Right. They don't tell their husbands. they just quiet. But they will order something delivered in a plain brown box with no signs on it screaming you have incontinence and use it at home and have success with it. Well, I mean,
1: I, I think that's a real interesting challenge. I mean, you've got a, a market need for sure, and yeah, you know, how do you reach those? You know, the, the in when you were working with directly with physicians and the product was um, basically prescribed uh, and placed by the physician. I mean, that's you had to pivot that. Now you have to reach out the audience through marketing and, and other places. How did you go about finding where, how to connect with, with the women who could benefit from this, these products?
0: Well, it's, um, I got to tell you, it was, um, I'd never done direct to consumer before. Our, I, I had built, built sales forces from numerous companies to call on physicians and sell products. That's what right. I did for most of my career. And now I'm trying to reach people out there in the netherworld and convince them that they should spend several hundred dollars to buy our product and uh, use it. So we, we went through a couple of ad agencies, all the, all the ad agencies, by the way, will tell you, they know exactly how to do this. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes that's true. Most times it's not, but at any rate, I took the Google tutorials, the Facebook tutorials and Tried to reinvent myself a little bit, but we found an agency that was good at putting up ads on Facebook and Google and Bing and Pinterest and Instagram. Sure. The marketing today is considerably different than it was 20 years ago. Oh, absolutely. You bought an ad in a magazine, a newspaper, and, you know, ran a TV spot or two, and you were done. Right. A lot more involved today. Yeah. we um, It was a case of we had a product that worked, and we knew it worked. And so after Obamacare, we had a choice. Close the doors and go home or find another way to sell it. And you ask about advice to other entrepreneurs, don't quit. Don't give up. You're not dead until you're dead. Yeah. Up, keep fighting. Find another way to skin that cat. Absolutely. Absolutely. Folks, I want to re- remind you I'm
1: speaking with Herschel Petticord. Herschel is the CEO of In Control Medical. And you can find a lot more about In Control Medical. Very simple. Go to their website, incontrolmedical.com, uh, all one word, no spaces, no hyphens, anything uh, of that nature. incontrolmedical.com. And while I'm taking this break, I want to remind folks about Greenlight Guru. Greenlight Guru has the only medical device success platform on the market today designed specifically and only for medical device companies by actual medical device professionals. Within the success platform, there are workflows to help you manage and maintain your design control information, design history file, your risk management Workflows helps you with document and record management, as well as uh, post-market quality events, things like CAPAs and complaints and non-performances. And it's all in a single platform, a single source of truth. So if you'd like to learn more about the Greenlight Guru medical device success platform, very simple. Go to www.greenlight.guru. You can learn a lot more about that product that I mentioned. And we'd be happy to have a conversation with you to understand your needs and requirements and see if we have solutions that can help you. So reach out to us. We'd be happy to help. All right. So, Herschel, getting back to the conversation, I mean, obviously, InControl has had to pivot at a time or two from that first product, Intone, to, you know, going direct to physician, now direct to consumer and, and figuring out how to continue to pivot and evolve so that, you know, to address the need. And obviously, you've got a quite a, an array of products in your portfolio today. So, give us a little bit more information about in control medical and the types of products and, and how you've continued to build out that product line.
0: Well, our um, premier product is called attain as in attain quality of life, um, attain freedom. I, I mean, John, no, as far as we know, no woman has ever died from urinary incontinence, but it dramatically changes their lifestyle. For sure. And to grandmothers that won't go visit, see their grandkids because they're afraid they're going to have an accident in the the bed of their daughter or son. They don't want to do that. They won't go on vacations because they can't drive more than an hour before they have to stop. Women in their 50s who are getting back into the dating pool, afraid to be intimate with a a partner because they may have an accident. I mean, those are lifestyle changes that affect the way so, if you can get away from pads and diapers uh, and not leak anymore, why wouldn't you do that? Right. And so, we wanted to develop a product to fix the muscles, rehabilitate the pelvic floor muscles, rehabilitate the detrusor muscle. Now, you don't need the pads or the diapers anymore. So, this is the attain device. Uh, it uses a transvaginal probe, it's inserted. And then it can be, let's see if I can do this right. It's inflated. It's inflated so that the uh, electrodes that put out the neuromuscular stimulation are up against the walls of the vagina. It also acts as active resistance. So when they squeeze on it, obviously, it's air. So it's pushing back. So it gives you an exercise and strengthens muscles quickly. There's also a pressure sensor inside this balloon that measures the pressure inside the balloon. So now when the woman squeezes on the balloon, it registers a change in pressure, which is also a sign of muscle strength. So it measures pressure down to one one hundredth of a pound per square inch. So when she squeezes, she might squeeze at 1.2 pounds today. Uh, tomorrow, it might be 1.3. She can literally see her muscle strength going up. Mm-hmm. Right. We're using a bar graph. Then in each one of these bars represents so many pounds per square inch. Sure. The next version, Attain Plus, actually has an app attached to it that plots a graph showing those exact digital I mean, the woman can now see actual clinical data on her muscle strength as it goes up every day. And then it trends it over seven days, 14 days, 30 days. And the physician can also see if she does go to her physician that she's making progress in what it does. So our goal is to give the woman a real medical device. FDA cleared, um, built, we build them right here in Brookfield, Wisconsin we've got every quality standard known to man, and she can then do her exercises and get well and get treated. Now, once she reaches dryness, she uses it once or twice a week to maintain her gains. It's very similar to going to the gym. You go to the gym, you're going to build muscle. Quit going to the gym, the muscle get weak again. But if you go once or twice a week, you can maintain your gains. Right. And the good news is for Medicare patients, we became a Medicare, uh, direct, we can bill Medicare direct. So Medicare patients can basically get this for little or nothing. Uh, and there are about 17 million women on Medicare with incontinence. So they order, we bill Medicare and we ship the product. Yeah,
1: very cool. I mean, I, I love the, the, uh, solving for a real need to improve quality of life. I mean, it, it's a mission that uh, we believe in 100% at Greenlight Guru. It's, it's sort of my own personal North Star. I mean, I've been in the medical device industry, not quite as long as you, but, uh, um, but long enough to, to realize, you know, very fortunately, very early in my career, that the things that I am involved with as a medical device professional, the products that I design have a huge impact on that quality of life. And I want that to be a positive impact. And I'm just thrilled to have an opportunity to chat with you and hear about your journey and and how you're focused on improving the quality of life for women with this huge need. Herschel, as we kind of start to wrap things up a little bit today, I mean, obviously you're a, I I get a serial entrepreneur. You've done this uh, quite a few times now Uh, you've, you know, understood when to pivot and how to pivot and adjust and, and evolve your business. You mentioned a moment ago that one piece of advice that you give to, to other inventors and entrepreneurs is, is, you know, don't give up, keep going. What other tips, pointers, advice, suggestions, uh, could you offer, uh, those listening today about being successful and, and, and a journey uh, to bring uh, products to market that solve real needs?
0: Well, actually, um, a couple of friends of mine and I started a uh, consulting company to work with entrepreneurs, and we finally gave up because it was so frustrating because nobody would listen. First of all, don't think that you raised a million bucks and you deserve a quarter of a million dollar salary. Uh, You're not going to make big bucks, not in the beginning. Cash is king. You gonna conserve as much cash as you can. If you're going to think you're going to need $2 million to launch your business, get four because you're going to be wrong. Something will happen. It will come up. They will eat up that cash faster than you can move. So always start with a little more than you think you will need because there are a lot of cow patties out in the pasture and you're going to step in one or two, whether you like it or not. <laughs> um, I know I my shoes are filthy. <laughs> so... Don't, don't give up and don't be afraid to take advice. Don't be afraid to ask for advice. There are plenty of smart people in this world that maybe have already done something you want to do, maybe not the same product or whatever, but the same market or don't feel ashamed to ask for advice. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, those would be my number one pointers. Don't, don't guard your cash. Wash it carefully Spend it like it was the last penny you're ever going to have and um, stay focused. Don't give up.
1: Yeah, I love that. I mean, I I've seen, unfortunately, so many medical device startups that that seem to um, get enamored and almost fall in love with raising additional rounds of funding. And that's always like it's kind of concerning to me because, you know, my focus has always been about, okay, yes, it does take some capital, to design and develop uh, devices and get them, you know, through regulatory, through FDA, what, what have you, but get them to market. But my focus is always about trying to minimize, you know, to get from point A to point B as quickly as possible, try to get that product in into the hands of, of the physicians and the patients who can benefit from those products as quickly as possible. But so many startups seem to be like allured by this, this, uh, this they get in this fundraising trap, you know. To your point, you know, maybe oh, I'm I'm going to raise two million. They get into it, they realize, oh my goodness, I stepped in uh, a cow patty or two, and now uh, we're we're on fumes. We don't have enough cash to get to that next point. So then they, they have to go raise another round, and another round, and another round. Any practical tips or pointers or, or thoughts that that you can share with folks that might be stuck in that that trap of of fundraising?
0: Well, I mean, I've always worked with angel investors um, and have nothing against venture capital or private equity. Um, they tend to be, let's just say, a little bit greedy. They want a big chunk. Um, and, you know, obviously, if you're going to sell equity, you're going to be diluted. And that's something else you can expect to happen. If you're going to go raise capital, you're going to get diluted. You're not going to own 100% of your company anymore. But be sure you have a good board of directors that stays with you and uh, supports you yeah. what you're doing. So there are angel groups out there. There's one called Coretsu that's very effective. It's nationwide. Um, most of their investors are in the 25 dollars to $50,000 range. But there's a lot of them. Um and they have—they give you access to them. You present your product to them, and the idea and the concept, and people that like it participate. And you don't give away the whole farm, uh, unless you know if you're going to go raise twenty million dollars. And yeah, you're going to need probably need a VC group or a private equity. But the only reason you need a couple of two or three million to get going. Carretta uh, is a good example of a group to do that with. Okay, well, folks will
1: will uh, find the link to that organization and, and provide that in the, the show notes that accompany the podcast. Well, Herschel, I've enjoyed uh, an opportunity to learn a little bit more about who you are, a little bit more about control Medical. Any final thoughts that you want to share before we wrap up this episode of the Global Medical Device Podcast?
0: Well, I think it's important, like you said, John, that people understand that you're not just trying to sell a product um, and if you're just trying to sell a product, well, good luck. Uh, you really need to focus on what you can do for society as well. Individuals uh, stand behind your product. Give First of all, focus on quality. Make sure you have the best quality product you possibly can and give excellent customer service. If, if you do those two things, you'll be successful. And there's two rules about customers. Rule number one is the customer is always right. (laughs) Number two, if the customer is wrong, refer to rule number one. (laughs) Yeah,
1: it's true. That's sage advice. Well, Herschel, thank you so much. Uh, I appreciate the opportunity uh, to chat with you. And and folks, again, check it out, incontrolmedical.com. Uh, you can check out the products that they have, the Attain device and, and others in their portfolio. And if you or someone you know who could benefit in, from, from this type of solution to help with uh, incontinence challenges, well, you know, you can order those products directly from InControl Medical. So check that out. Uh, As always, thank you for listening to the Global Medical Device Podcast. It's because of you that the Global Medical Device Podcast continues to be the top podcast in the medical device industry. So thank you so much for that. Continue to spread the word and and share this with your friends and colleagues. We love uh, learning about new listeners and and folks that are finding and discovering the Global Medical Device Podcast for the first time. As always, this is your host and founder at Greenlight Guru, John Spear, and thank you so much.